and I don't want to sing a solo up here. Everyone get your book and let's sing. I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that silver line. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder we'll never more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Verse number two, though often tempted, tormented and tested, and like the prophet, my fellow a stone, and though I find here no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion my own. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder we'll never more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Hold your place in your book right there. Turn around and let's shake hands. We'll sing the last one in just a moment. Just over the hilltop In that bright land Where we'll never grow old And someday yonder We'll never more wander But walk the streets That are purest gold Don't thank me poor Or deserted or lonely I'm not discouraged, I'm heaven bound. I'm just a pilgrim in search of a city. I want a man.
bright shine, a harp and a crown. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder we'll never more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Amen. It is good to see everyone out tonight. We want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to bless the services this evening and everything that's going on. Uh, Brother Ken, he is up in Gatlinburg with the teenagers. I think he wanted to go to the services they were having in the evenings, and then he's been mentioned, I think he's mentioned out here a couple times about a devotion book he's working on, so he's up there trying to lock himself away to work on that for a while. We remember him and the teenagers as they're away, and of course the Iwana, they have the week off. Many of them are in here. It's good to have them in a good crowd for Wednesday night, and appreciate everyone being here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and I'll ask Brother Matt Fletcher, if you would, to lead us in prayer. And remain standing. We'll continue to sing. 524. 524 at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not my Lord was crucified. No way not it was for me. He died on Calvary. See, there was great and grace was free. Hard and there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Hard and there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did spend at Calvary. Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Hard and there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. be seated and we'll ask the ushers to come at this time and and we'll take up the regular Wednesday evening offering as they do and of course we'll pray at the end of the service and see what requests that you have but I want to remember those especially that are in the, the in the hospital Joanne Wyndham has been in the ICU for about 13 days but last night they moved her into a room so she's in a room now and Margaret Allen was in the hospital she went home yesterday 
and Carolyn Bukina. She is in uh, the VA hospital in Murfreesboro, and so we want to remember her in prayer. And so let's remember all these things. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you so much for all that you're doing, and we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And we ask again that you would just touch this service. I pray that you would just speak to each of our hearts. And we ask that you'll just bless this offering now, and I pray that you'll use it for the furtherment of your kingdom. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Kim helping tonight too. I always appreciate him. He's a blessing to me and the years we've been able to spend together know each other. I just appreciate him. He and his family just a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Well, I've been looking forward to tonight since I found out who's preaching. Uh, I'll ask Brother Eddie to come if he would at this time and uh, Eddie Ellison and his wife Pam seated over here. They've been a blessing to our church since they have come. They sing in the choir and of course Pam, you probably see her a little more often. She's up here singing and got a beautiful voice and uses it for the Lord and we appreciate that and but I, I consider Brother Eddie to be a friend of mine, and we are able, my wife and myself, and he and his wife spend time together, and we go to dinner at times, and he's just been a blessing. He's got a heart for the Lord. He loves the Lord and wants to do the Lord's will with his life, and so uh, I appreciate him, and I do consider him a friend. So let's make him feel welcome as he comes, as he brings the Word of God to us tonight. I think I said this last time I preached here, but I hate these lapel mics. I, something about them just scares me to death. And I guess I'm scared they're going to shock me or something. Brian told me when I walked in tonight, he uh, reminded me of something I'd already thought about. He said, you're not only preaching the last sermon at Temple Baptist Church for the year or of the decade or of the century, but also the millennium, but no pressure. So I'm going to try to stand up under the pressure tonight. I already thought about that and then... Uh, I'm just as sick of hearing about it as everybody else is. I'll be glad when January the 2nd gets here and it's all over with. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 32 through 40, a very familiar passage of Scripture. But I believe we've got some things we can glean from it tonight. First Samuel 17, verses 32 through 40. It said, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. 
And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he passed, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and a sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I'd like to ask uh, my dad, Sam Ellison, to lead us in prayer. Amen. I guess tonight I want to talk to you a little more than I want to preach at you. Brother Ken gets up here and preaches at us on most occasions, so I'm just going to give us a break tonight. And I just want to talk to us about something that's been on my heart. And this is kind of those things that I've had on my heart for a long time, and I knew that God was going to give me a, a, a chance to say something ever now, or at some point or another about it. And I just kind of want to talk to you tonight about lions and bears and giants. Kind of sounds like... <laughs> We're taking on the NFL, I guess, but I want to talk to you about lions and bears and giants that come into our lives. Sometimes in our lives, we run up against things that just seem too big for us. They seem like we'll never be able to get over them or rise above them or meet the challenges that they put in front of us. And so often we let fear keep us from rising to meet these giants that come into our lives. We let fear paralyze us to the point that we forget what battles God has already won for us and the things that He's done for us in past times, we forget how he's delivered us and shown himself faithful and strong to us at all times. But in the verses we just read, we find a good example as to what we need to do when we're faced with lions or bears or giants in our life. And not only what we need to do, but traits we need to possess and things we need to remember when faced with these things. I want us to look at the first thing we find David's courage. In verse 32, David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. I think about the late Cus D'Amato, who was Mike Tyson's... He adopted Mike Tyson when he was a young man and took him into his home and into his boxing club, and he was his manager and trainer and his father after he adopted him. And he would come in the room at night and just stick his head in the door and give him little quotes or say little things to him. One night he stuck his head in the door and he asked Mike Tyson, he said, what's the difference between a hero and a coward? He didn't have the answer. Customato told him the answer. He said the hero is just as scared as the coward, but he goes anyway. Another person has said that courage is not the absence of fear, but the willingness to push on in the face of it. And then John Wayne, the Duke, said that courage is being scared, but saddling up anyway. At a time when the fighting men of Israel proved themselves to be truly cowards, a young boy named David showed himself to be a courageous hero. I'm sure that he was just as scared as all those other men in the army. But he decided to push on in spite of it. I believe he did that because he was motivated by two things. Number one was a cause. In verse 29, David said to his brother, Is there not a cause? Well, there was a cause for David. Goliath was standing in direct defiance to the nation of Israel and their God, the Lord. And David just would not stand for it. He had right and reason on his side, and he was not going to back down. Number two, he was motivated by commitment. In verse 16, he had just been chosen by God and anointed by the prophet Samuel 
to become king over Israel. And although he had not yet taken the throne, he felt a commitment to his nation. And he was not going to let this one, no matter how big this giant was or how loud he talked or how obnoxious he seemed to act, he was not going to let this one person defy his God or his nation, the nation of Israel. Sometimes the giants we face are big, loud, frightening, obnoxious. But we must always be motivated by the cause of and our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when no matter what comes before us, we need to go on and meet that challenge. We must always do as David would later instruct his son Solomon and be strong and of a good courage. Not only do we see the courage that David had, but we also see his confidence, and that's in verses 33 through 37. After David had already shown his courage by stepping up to meet the challenge that was thrown out by the, the, the giant Goliath, he's now displaying confidence by he's telling King Saul how this thing is going to play out. I think it's in verse 37. He said, he, speaking of God, will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And then he even goes so far later on, he tells the, the giant that this day will the, will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Now his confidence was not what we call confidence a lot. What we call confidence in people a lot of times now is, is nothing but prideful boasting. See, I can tell from this passage of Scripture that David was not a Baptist. Because had David been a Baptist, he'd have walked up to Saul and he said, I know how to handle his type. You just let me at him one time. Just one time. Five minutes. He won't know what hit him. He'll think something done swooped down on him or something. You let me at him one time. But David that wasn't the case with David. He possessed a quiet confidence that God was going to bless him because he had right and reason on his side. David's Confidence came from two sources. It came from, number one, trusting God. Verse 37, he said, God will deliver me out of the hand of this giant. And then he told the giant, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. You see, David remembered that it was God who wins battles. David remembered that it was God that determines outcomes of any given situation. No wonder that David said in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. When faced with a giant in your life, simply trust God. The second source of his confidence was past experience with God. And I really like this. David remembered what God had done for him while he was sitting in that field watching his father's sheep. That was the time that God was preparing him for what was about to happen in his life. He remembered how God had delivered him from the lion and the bear. He remembered how God had allowed him to slay these ferocious animals. The lions and the bear were preparation for this point in his life. If you read that, David talks about a lion and a bear came and took one of his lambs. And he went and took the lamb out of its mouth first, and then it turned on him. He says he grabbed it by the beard and smote it that it died, and the bear also. Now, I've heard people say they didn't believe that. And I've heard some people say, well, he must have had something in his hand. I say it's irrelevant whether he had anything in his hand or not. If you get that close to it and you walk away from it, God was with you. There's no doubt about it. But I wonder, have you ever had giants or bears in your, or lions or bears in your life? Has anybody out there had lions or bears that come up in your life? Things that were scary, but you had to face it anyway? That's preparation for things later on. That's God showing himself faithful 
and strong to you for things later on. You know, this is probably going to mean as much to you as it does me. But I remember when I took my, this job with the fire department, and, and I kind of, on my interview, I knew the question was going to come up. I'd already had some people tell me, I'm scared to death of heights. Scared to death. Terrified. Terrified. And on my interview, they asked me, how do you feel about heights? Well, I didn't exactly lie. I kind of did a Bill Clinton around the issue and uh, did some, some good footwork around it. And I said, well, I'm not as bad as I used to be, which I'm not. And I just left it at that. I, is partial truth, does that count? No, okay. Bob said it counted, so it counts. But I knew the day would come, and I remember we started, started working on, did our section there in the academy on ladders and how to put them up and all that stuff. Most of it we already knew. And, and, and our instructor said, well, Monday we'll have them bring a, a ladder truck out here and we'll climb it. Well, my idea of high is, you know, 30 feet. That, that's high enough for me. And I remember this Friday we were climbing up the side of the drill tower on a 30-foot extension ladder, and, and I heard a truck pull into the parking lot. And I looked down, and it was, it was six ladder that's uh, down there on Bonnie Oaks Drive. And that's a 75-foot job. And I remember standing there looking at it, and they, he, said, he said good working angle. And I was thinking like 45 degrees, and it was more like this. And uh, I remember when they run it out, and I looked at the top of it, and I, I told my best friend there that was with me, I said, John, I can't do this. He said, yes, you can. I said, no, I can't. I'm going to fix to go in here and call my wife. If they're hiring where she works, I'm hanging my gear up. I'm leaving. I'll be back to pick you up at 5. He said, you can't do that. I said, I'm going to do that. And then he said, are you going to throw up? I said, why, yeah. I'm fixing to right now. I'm scared to death. And then he said something, which surprised me. He said, you got to pray about this. So you don't usually say things like that. He said, you got to pray about this. I said, I have been. It hadn't, it, it's not working. He said, you got to pray some more and then get on the ladder. So I prayed some more, and I, I got on the ladder. And I remember I, I went past the first fly section, and I was all right. That's about 25 feet. And I got on up towards the top of the second fly section, which is about 50 feet, and I locked up for a while. <laughs> I was standing there. And then I started thinking a verse that I had just read a couple of days earlier in my devotion, and it said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And then I said, take one more step, you big dummy. And I took one more step, and then another, and another. I locked up again, and I looked up, and I could see the end of the ladder. Got on up there, it was 75 feet. That's high on the ladder. When you just got little things around you there, and straight down, it's scary. And this probably don't mean as much to you as it does to me, but what it taught me, was that no matter what I face, no matter how terrified I am of something, God's going to bring me through that, and He's preparing me. God told me through that little simple thing that, hey, no matter what comes up, I'm going to bring you through it. You just show the courage to stand up and face it. And this is giving you the confidence that you're going to need. And I know there's not anything, anything that... God throws it, that anybody throws in front of me, that God's not going to carry me through. It may be hard, it may be scary, but God's going to carry me through. Charles Spurgeon said, Come then, let us recall the Lord's former loving kindnesses. We could not have hoped to be delivered aforetime by our own strength, yet the Lord delivered us. Will He not again save us? We're sure He will. As David ran to meet his foes, so will we. The Lord has been with us. He is with us. And He has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Why do we tremble? 
Was the past a dream? Think of the dead bear in line. Who is this Philistine? True, he's not quite the same as neither bear nor lion, but then God is the same, and His honor is as much concerned in the one case as in the other. He did not save us from the beasts of the forest to let a giant kill us. Let us be of good courage. I like that little saying. But not only do we see David's courage and his confidence, but we see his consistency. In verses 38 through 40, we find Saul saying, well, if you're going to go out there and fight this guy, you're going to need some armor. So he puts his own armor on him, and it really don't fit David. So David takes it off. There wasn't anything wrong with the fact that David was going to wear Saul's armor. There wasn't anything wrong with it, except for the fact that it didn't fit. I think a lot of times we're guilty of when we're facing things in our life and we, we seek help from other people or whatever, we're, we're tempted to try on their armor. We're, we're tempted to go face these giants with other people's armor on. And I think of people that I used to look up to that they would tell of their own personal experiences and then they would put God in this box and say, God will only use you if this happens to you. Or if you do what I did, this is only... And I'd say, well, i got to do that. And I would try their armor on. But I found out something. I found out their armor don't fit on me. Other people's armor is not going to fit you when you go into battle. So what did David do? He took it off of him. He took it off of him. I have found out, let me just interject something. I have what does fit, the armor I need in battle. Or what's going to prepare me for the battle or protect me is simply being submitted to God. The rest falls in line when you're submitted to God. You can't put God in this little box and say this is what it's got to be. Just be submitted to God. And it, that's what causes a person to be successful and to be used of God. Matthew Henry said, Let Saul's coat be ever so rich and his armor ever so strong. What is David the better if they fit him not? But faith, prayer, truth, and righteousness, the whole armor of God and the mind that was in Christ are equally needful for all the servants of the Lord, whatever may be their work. Just submit yourself to God. David was consistent in the fact that he was content to continue to do the things that God had prepared and trained him for using the tools that God had given him. He was just, he, he told Saul, he said, I'm, I've kept my father's sheep. He wasn't ashamed that he was a shepherd. Only thing he knew how to use was that staff and that slingshot, or we call them a flip or that flip, or whatever it was he had. He wasn't ashamed of that. And he was going to use just what God had given him. You know, we use the phrase, if I always do what I've always done, then I always get what I've always got. And we use that in a negative way, or, or a way, you know, say, well, you don't want to do, always do the same things. You want to rise above. But when it comes to spiritual matters, if we always do what God has always blessed, then he will always do what he's always done. And that's blessed. David was consistent in the fact that he had just went with what he knew. He used the tools that God had given him. He never tried to reach and, and admire for anybody else. He just wanted God to use him as an individual. And that's the thing as I get older that I've come to, one of the things I'm starting to learn in my life that I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to be like anybody else. All I have to do is submit myself to God and do the things that He's made me the way I am for a reason. And all I have to do is just submit myself as I am to God. He makes the changes in things that aren't right. I don't need to try to do that. But we need to be consistent in just doing what we know God's going to bless. 
And then we see the outcome. Of course, we know what the outcome is. David conquers Goliath. We all know the story. They get down there, and, and Goliath is still being loud, and he says, what, what am I, a dog, that you come out here with a stick? You're going to run me off? And he said, come here, and I'll lay you out here for the birds to feed off of you. David told him, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand today. He said, you come out here with a spear and with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. He said, and I'll leave your carcass here for the fowls to eat off of and the beast of the ground to eat off of. Of course, we know David took the five stones, and he only used one of them. He ran towards the giant, let that thing go. And I wonder what Goliath thought when that thing hit him in the forehead and he started to fall. God had prepared David for this giant. I'm glad for the lions and the bears in my life. They're not always pleasant when you have to face them. And it's not, it's, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's things that we think we can never conquer or something we'll never get past. But you can bet when that lion or that bear comes along and God gives you a victory, that's increasing your confidence that God is going to do this again for me no matter what I have to face. Here was David at the most critical point in his life. Really the first time he had stood up in front of the, or for the nation of Israel fixing to be king. And he displayed the kind of courage, the kind of confidence, and the kind of consistency that we all need in his life. Tonight, I don't know your hearts. I don't know your lives. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if it's the lion, the bear, or the giant in your life. But God does. If it's the lion and the bear, God's going to bring you through that. Remember, it's God that delivers you out of those things. And he's preparing you for that giant. Some of you have already met with the lion and the bear. Now you're facing at the giant. Just remember what God has done for you in times past. I don't know what's going to happen two days from now. I, I guess I have to mention it since everybody talks about it and it's only, what, two, three days away? I don't know what's going to happen. I wish I did. I'm going to be on duty that night. and I'm kind of scared of what else is going to be going on. I guess at midnight I'll be in a three-point stance waiting on the alarm to go off or something. But it may be the lion or the bear or the giant. I don't know. But I do know this. That past experience with God has told me that He can deliver me out of any situation. And the more things that I go through and the more things that He delivers me from, the more He helps me to believe and have faith on Him that He can do anything and He can do what's needful in my life. Well, I appreciate that message. I, I was sitting there thinking that, uh, in fact, when, when, when Rhonda started singing, I, th I was beginning to think, this is fitting for the end of the year, and then Brother Eddie comes up and, and preaches a message. Rhonda saying, the only real peace that I have is in you. And I was just beginning to think about, and I hate to bring it up to you, you think about what's going to take place, what everybody's talking about in a couple of days, but we're to keep our eyes on Jesus because the only real peace we have is in him. And then Brother Eddie come and he preaches and he reminds us of David and how David reacted in the face of, of such a conflict, such unrest, and such a difficult situation. Regardless of what's going on, David, he had courage, he had confidence in his Lord, and he was consistent in his relationship with the Lord and what God had done for him and through him. And I just praise the Lord. I felt like that everything that was said and done tonight from the singing to the message was very fitting. 
for us to end 1999 on the things that God has told us tonight. And I appreciate everything. I appreciate Brother Eddie preaching. That was a, that was a good message, and I appreciate that. We want to go to the Lord in prayer, and before we do, we want to see what uh, uh, prayer requests you have. You would like to, maybe you like to have the church remember some things, and if you want to, to bring those out, we want to we want to help you pray about these things. I mentioned those are in the hospital. We want to remember these things. And uh, is there anybody over here on my left hand side? Anybody over here that has a request? Yes. Oh, okay. Let's remember Karen Leger. Yes. Sure knew that. Bless his heart. Yes, Allison. Okay, let's remember this request. Appreciate that, Irene. Pray for Irene's grandchildren. Anybody else over here has a request you'd like to have have made mention of? No. Okay, an unspoken from Miss Myrna. Pray for her. Okay. Remember these. Anyone else over here has any requests you'd like the church member? Yes. Silent request? All right. Anyone else? Yes. Lost loved ones. All right. Anybody else over here has any requests you'd like us, like us to remember? All right. How about down the middle here? Anybody there? Yes, Brother Bill. Silent. Amen. Praise the Lord. Appreciate that. God for all that he's done. Emily? Mm. Yeah, that's a good school, the best. It's a good school. Anybody, I saw another hand. Yes, Peggy. Okay, let's remember this request. Anybody else down the middle here has a request? Yes. Okay, let's remember this request. Anyone else? Yes. Yes, we will. Have been. Anyone else down the middle? Okay, how about over here? Any, any requests anyone has over here in the back? Yes. Okay. Remember Paul? Yes. Okay. Remember that. All right. Remember that. Lisa? Stella, Lisa's great aunt's in the hospital. Yes. Amen. In fact, I was just thinking about that. This is the last service of 1999, and several has mentioned uh, thanking the Lord for the things that God has done. I just wonder, does anybody have any word you'd like to... I encourage the church with something that the Lord's done for you this year that you just feel like, I have got to say this before this year gets over with. Does anybody have any kind of... Yes. Praise the Lord.
That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes. That's right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I appreciate that testimony. That was a blessing. Anyone else have a word that you would like to say? Yes. Our God does heal. I'm not sure that he does it through a television set or not, but God does heal. And uh, when God's people will pray, God answers prayer. And I thank God for these testimonies. Anyone else have a word, have a testimony you'd like to share with the church? I appreciate these. we go to the Lord in prayer and end out this year. Anyone else? All right. Okay. Okay. We'll remember that request. Any other requests before we go to the Lord in prayer? Anybody have any special need you want us to remember? All right, I'll ask uh, whoever wants to, if you want to gather around this altar, if you want to uh, remain where you're at, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. You may want to kneel where you're at, again, or come down to the altar, but let's go to the Lord in prayer and remember the, the uh, needs that have been mentioned.
And I'm excited. I don't know about you. I've been listening to Brother Ken talk, and he's met with me in person uh, a couple times about his vision and what he's thinking and how he feels the Lord lead, leading for this upcoming year and this new millennium. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about it. I, I believe that God does have some great things in store for this church, and I don't know. I'm just excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited just to see what the Lord's going to do, and I want to be a part of it. I know I'm probably just going to be a small part, but that's all right. I want to be a part of what God's doing, and I want to make sure that my heart is clean before the Lord, and that whenever, if he had, if there's a situation that I find myself in where he would want to use me, I want to be ready. I don't want there to be any sin in my life or anything in my heart that would keep God from being able to use me. It'll be a blessing to somebody else, or to, that would keep God from doing something in this place. Oh, I would never want to be guilty of, of hindering the work of the Holy Spirit in this place. And I'm excited about what God's going to do this year. And so let's pray. Let's just lift up all the requests that's been mentioned. And I'll ask uh, Brother Buddy Woody if you would open us in prayer and then I'll close us. Yes. Father, we do come before you this evening. We are so grateful for the, the blessings of this past year and for how you've blessed this church over the past 60 years. And Lord, we, we are enjoying even now the benefits of what you've done in the past. And Father, it is our desire to continue in what you've called us to do. It is our desire and, and we know that we must continue to look to you and we must continue to call out to you because if anything else is to be done it will be because you do it we're also mindful that you we know from your word that when you do a work many times you do it through your children you do it through your people through ministers and through uh, your 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 believers and lord we just come to you now and lord help us we want to cleanse our hearts and anything that would hinder you from moving and working lord we confess our sins corporately and individually lord we we want to see you continue to move and work in this place we're so thankful for the the pastor that you have given us. Thank you for his his vision and his 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 desire to see you move and work in this place. And Lord, I pray you'll help each one of us to see and to understand and know that you are working and you are doing things here, and you want us to be a part of it. And you uh, you want us to to you want us to be a, a funnel, a vessel through which you can do these things. And Father, we again we're so grateful for all that you've done, but we believe that there's even greater things that lie ahead. And Lord, we just call upon you to continue to meet with us every day. And Lord, we lift up to you all the requests that's been mentioned. And those that are sick, those that are in the hospital, 
been those that we've been praying for for quite a while that they be saved. And Lord, we will continue to lift them up to you, Lord. We pray that before they enter into eternity, before you call us home, Lord, I pray that they too would trust you as their Lord and personal Savior. Father, we do love you. And as we are about to go into a new century, a new millennium, Lord, we we recognize our need of you. And we we desperately need you and we call upon you and we look to you as our source of strength and our guidance and our protection. Lord, help us to be like to be like David. Help us to have the courage to stand up when the difficult times come. Help us to have the confidence in you. And Lord, help us to allow you to do these things through us. We do love you and we do praise you. And again, we thank you for this church. Thank you for what you are doing. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I do appreciate everyone that come out tonight. A good, good group for Wednesday night, and I appreciate all of you that have come. You want to make sure you're back in your place. Sunday morning, Sunday school, 945, pray for these things. And expect a good day in the Lord. I'm praying for a good day this coming Sunday, and, and I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. Let's all stand to our feet, and we'll be dismissed. And the Lord bless you, and we love you, and God bless you, you are dismissed.